All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to the Make It Plain Wayne podcast, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So for today's topic, I want to talk about black to the future. Black is in the night. Black is in the universe. Black is in negro, the color of the crayon. Black is in what you see in the womb, or although you might see some red. Um, black is in what you see when you go to sleep at night. And uh, yeah, black is in black, however you want to <laughs> call it, black people. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just that time, you know, 2021, we've got, you know, Martin Luther King Day coming up and Black History Month and, you know, all this, you know, that we sit in and that we remember. And I've just got this family reunion type message on my heart to give to everybody, because ultimately I feel like there are a lot of black people, a lot that have not experienced quality families and quality families are where you get quality expectations. Um, they haven't experienced the best, the quality, the standards. Um, I feel like there's way too much trash out there as far as the internet and social media. Um, nowadays, just, that's just me as an, as an American. And I, I don't know. I feel like there is a strategy that everyone has to move forward and I feel like somewhere we got a lot of things lost in translation so you know this is my cleanup <laughs> my 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 attempt to clean things up use it if you like you don't have to you don't have to listen to anything I say this is just me on blast so <laughs> black to the future um, we're gonna do a little family reunion speech here so immediately I you know, want to ask the question, can we combine the great wisdom of old school with the great technology and empathy of new school? Um, when this happens, it is beautiful and it works. This is why old money is still more powerful than new money, because old money understands a concept well enough to understand that it will be new money one day. I mean, if you plant a vineyard of, of, of grapes, if you plant a, a field of corn, um, I planted it today, but this is going to be something that years down the road, I'll be able to come back to and, and work with. You know what I mean? So um, old money, old wealth um, in, in its highest form, its greatest form understands that I'm not doing this just for a little cash grab. Like this isn't me going to the pawn shop and just trading something in to get a big hit. Um, but uh, <laughs> like I want to sustain a great business for the future. So I, I was saying all that to get to my next point. Confidentiality agreements. So confidentiality agreements, non-disclosure agreements, Every large and, and major company has them. I know I've, I've been in in a few of them since I've even you know worked at any jobs that I've I've been at. There's just trade information and things that you're not allowed to share, things that you won't share. Obviously, why why would you work there? Um, like I remember a guy got mad, he got fired from KFC 
and shared the recipes online. That's exactly what you don't want to do. And that's exactly why I'm saying what I'm saying right now. There has to be a barrier where we understand plainly, I'm just going to say this as, as clearly as possible, keep my business out the street. Okay? That's family business. So check that gossip at the door. Delete, suppress, and remove the damaging images to our character, to our women, to our children, to our athletes, and to our friends. Don't be so petty and bitter that, you know, you'd even turn on your own uh, uh, blood in, in a social media or news or community forum. So my current feel, uh, we don't have any position to gossip or uh, create negative images or damage anybody's spirit or energy in our community. So. <sighs> We got to clean this up. And a confidentiality agreement prevents a lot of uh, it prevents a lot of churn. So when someone knows everything that they need to know about you at the wrong time, this creates a scenario where uh, like in, in a business world, everybody can just walk away. They can take all of your information and ask, well, why do I even need you anymore? I know how you build or cook or make your, your recipe or your food. I no longer need you. I can go sell this to other people. And you kind of see that with shoes now. Like, you know, when you lose the patent for certain things like the Nike Air Max, you know, other people can start working on it and making shoes that look like it. But the real reason why I wanted to say this is, I feel that there is much too much in, in our American culture. I mean, if you're going to trash these entertainers, trash these athletes, you know, that's one thing where it kind of starts to get a little bit too mundane, a little bit too normal is when we just think anybody can be trashed in the news, politicians, upstanding members of community we can just trash anybody it's like off with their head you know like the old um the guillotine and the way they do people in the town square you just think everybody's up for execution well you don't want that to be you so why are you so comfortable seeing people on blast we like in our community in our culture as black people we have not hit a standard yet where people can say yeah, this black guy came by. I'm so glad the black guy came by. Or, yeah, we hired this black guy. I'm so glad we hired that black woman. Or, yeah, yeah, we got a black woman working for her. Oh, my God. Everything they said about them is true. We haven't hit that gold standard where it's just the talents. It's just the work ethic. It's just the, the positives. We haven't hit that gold standard yet where all of our good things are out there in front of us. When people are looking to hire us and bring us on to a company or move us into a position, the first thing they can't think is, well, is the poverty coming too? Is he coming late to work? Is he going to be loud, violent, aggressive? Do I have to spend extra time out of my schedule to understand him or her and their community and how set back they are 
in order for us to get a job done. If that's what I got to do, there's no point in even hiring, you know, hiring them. Are they going to be on board or is this going to be consistent coaching? You know, am I going to have to go above and beyond what I do with everyone else to make sure that this person is, you know, this black woman, this black man can do the job? If that's what I got to do, never mind. Like, I don't want some guy with a low rider pulling up to pick up my new hire because I hired Kim and Kim has a thug boyfriend. We don't need that element at our place. And people say this about us. Like, please don't like tuck, you know, you know, pick your chin up like this is real talk. You would say it about certain family. You would say it about people. Well, no, we don't mess with them because they're, you know, (laughs) they're they're vegan and they're going to come over here saying we got to eat all this vegan food. Like people do it all the time for their own family. So don't be surprised if somebody looks a little bit different than you has some discrimination or has some quality checks that they want you to hit on before (laughs) before you join them. And that's why I'm saying this. We haven't reached a position, a point in society where black people, where we're a gold standard, where we're all the things that we aspire to be, and that's it. Like stereotypes, most people just assume all Asian dudes are great with math and science and and technology. Like that's kind of like where we should be. And, you know, the stereotypes do work against us. There are negative stereotypes that I don't enjoy at all for black, for Latino, for Mexican, even Asian people, you know, where it's like, man, did they even take the time to even, you know, talk to these people or look at these people or, you know, think about them or anything like that's just rude and mean. So in a nutshell, what I'm saying is we haven't reached the point where anything can come out of the non-disclosure agreement, the confidentiality agreement, prison, jail, people on the news getting shot, people on the news doing all this stuff. Eh, ah, no. So like what I've seen that almost breaks me down into tears is when I'm out in public and I see like a family, a mom or a dad, you know, black family, And I see how they're, you know, dealing with their kids. And I know they don't live in a a three uh, car garage house. You know, I know they aren't in three uh, thousand square feet. I, I know they're not in the suburbs. Like, I know what they're not immediately. I can see it and I can hear it. You know, they don't have clean, you know, uh, uh, a water softener. You know, they're, the home that they live in might be condemned in, in many other circles. Um, their home is not less than five years old. They didn't build their home. I don't know what kind of daycare their kids go to. I don't know what kind of food they're eating. But it's like I can see all of the things that I would hope for them, that I would want for them, are not there. And that's the thing. That's that's the real that that's the real story of Moses. If you go read the read the, the story of Moses, watch the 10 commandments movie, they thought Moses would be killed, so they sent him down the river. He was raised by the elite, by the the top of Egypt. And he knew the best of everything so well that he knew how to share it. 
And that's like the story of the Titan Prometheus. He gave man fire. When you see that it's not there, that's not a time to go, yes, all these old thug, hood rat, old trash girl at the mall, old loud, loud barking ass boy. You know, like that's in the that's the non-disclosure agreement. That's a confidentiality agreement. If you're not going to dedicate the time to help, if you're not going to dedicate the time to pull them aside and say, hey. I see you need some mentoring. Let's work. Where are you guys living at? What are you doing for work? You know, what, what, what are you guys all about? And as you start to dig and work with them and ask those questions and create a relationship, you'll start to see that a lot of the foundation that you would expect to be there, a lot of the foundation that you would expect to be able to walk out and look and see, it's not even there. So it doesn't even exist. You're thinking, oh, wow, at this time of year, I'm going to sit down and watch the Masters. I'm going to watch golf. And they're sitting thinking, like, how do I keep the lights on? What kind of, do I got to sell some of these Jordans or do I have to sell drugs? Do I, like, what do I got to do to keep these lights on? God, I hate this. You know, you can't focus. You, you, you can't look at things for the, the full spectrum. Um, I, I heard a, a presentation on being uh, project oriented versus uh, it wasn't project. It was project. Well, basically in a nutshell, the people that are looking at the goals, specifically completing goals and the people that are, yeah, that's it. Goal oriented versus learning oriented. The goal oriented people will consistently look at things as, oh, I want to reach this goal. The learning uh, uh, centered person can evolve and grow over time. And that has to be in you, you know? It can be taught or natural. And a lot of people, you know, they might, well, what about the parents? It's always the parents. The parents are going to be the ones to do that. Not necessarily, okay? What I'm starting to find, just looking through, like, family trees and talking to people, and if you watch A&E, um, they're telling on everybody right now. They're going to get everybody. and And it's not so much... Hey, you did this wrong. Nobody really did wrong. They weren't bad parents. It wasn't wrong in a sense for the sake of being wrong. They just didn't know. They didn't have our tools and our psychology and and all the things that we have that seem like alien stuff now. They didn't have that back then. So, yeah, the person that's supposed to mentor you and help you and guide you should be your family, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa. But what does it look like when that's not set up? You know, like for a lot of, I think, soldiers, when they lose a limb or they have a prosthetic, life moves on. They take the necessary time to be in their feels and be in their their emotions and they move on. So that's what I'm saying is this confidentiality agreement, this non-disclosure agreement where nothing hits the media, nothing hits the air, where we take care of ourselves internally. It should be on the hearts and minds of everybody. And, and here's the hard part. If you are in a family where a, you've got a part of your family that's rich and they've got money, 
They don't live near you. They're not going to drop in and mentor you on the stock market and financial planning and food and diets. And and they're not going to stop in and mentor you on that stuff. You got to go to them. But are they going to be embarrassed when you show up? Did they personally, you know, uh, purposefully distance themselves from the family because they're so much better now? Uh, Well, the truth of the matter is, you know, it's sometimes necessary to do that, to really grow. Like I said, the goal mindset is you've got your goal set on what do I need to do in uh, January? The learning mindset is set on, okay, January should be like this and I want to learn this. And then when I get to February, I kind of want to learn this. It's, It's that growth mindset where you continuously push yourself to be able to learn and grow better than before. So that has to be fed to you. You know what I mean? It's like knowing how to play the piano or the saxophone or, you know, these jazz uh, masters, knowing how to play it so well that when you hear a kid pick it up, you know that they're at a certain point and you can feed them the lines, feed them the notes, feed them these different types of songs as they grow. If you don't have that person, then yeah, I guess you're going to see a lot of world star hip hop and Facebook and media trash and all this stuff, because you're going to put it somewhere. You're going to put all of your energy somewhere. And it really should be up to us, our family, our loved ones, our close circle to build and help one another. It's not happening. So that's why I'm saying stop depending on the people that are struggling to clean themselves up. It might take a mass wave or push of a few quality, dedicated people that know them to go in and say, hey, let's clean this up. So, yeah, let's take them to the bridge. I used to love that when they say that in like 90s R&B, take them to the bridge. You got what I want. Like all the all the guy Aaron Hall Black Streets take him to the bridge. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, yeah. Um, so from Black Wall Street to Black Wealth today, you know, some have found every way possible to keep that theme alive in their families. You know, some are daily criticized for choosing wealth and goals over everything else. Um, you know, you call them Uncle Tom's. You call them, you know, money hungry. You know, people, well, the root of all evil is the love of money. And I'm going to quote, you know, one of my favorite actors, Arnold, you know, Schwarzenegger, the bridge is out, the bridge is out. In true lies, when that bridge got exploded, Donald was yelling or Arnold was yelling, you know, the bridge is out. Well, the bridge is not out. It's not. All those articles in Ebony, Jet, and Essence magazine about all those people doing great things with their money, all these wonderful black entrepreneurs and businessmen, businesswomen, yoga instructors, pastors, preachers, firemen, uh, uh, police officers, all these great black people doing all these great things are still alive today. We've got to allocate and mentor and share better financial planning, and then advise your friends 
on what's going well. You know they're struggling. You know this. You know oh, some just don't seem right with Tommy and uh, and Keisha. <laughs> you know some just don't seem right. Um, you know with, uh, with with James and Tasha. You know some just doesn't seem right with uh, you know Tay and Sanaa. You know some just don't seem right. So I'm gonna say something that's very hard. We've got to go to the mentors, but the mentors have to understand that they need to come to us too. Please leave a door open. We might not be smart enough to see it, but please leave the door open because some of these kids will come back and say thank you. If you ever, I, we had a coach. He was a Southern Jaguar. That's my mom went to school. She was a Southern Jaguar in Louisiana. And he, uh, George Anderson, he's one of the greatest um, uh, sprint sprinters, quarter milers ever. Made it to the Olympics. He even ran himself a 10-second hundred. He came back and coached a couple uh, summer track teams and his high school track team and coached them to numerous uh, uh, gold medals at you know the state uh, state track meets. Well, at his funeral, girls from the hood, like these are kids, like a lot of times you see these kids from the hood and you just assume the worst about them because you don't see much going on. You don't really see that there's a light on in there, you know, but these grown women were getting up of, of all shades of chocolate, and and white because you <laughs> like people forget like there's white people in the hood too there's white Asian uh, Hispanic you've got people getting up thanking him for what he fed to them now they did have to go to the mentorship by going out for track and field but one one girl got up she's a woman and she's a doctor now. Like she's like, yeah, I'm a heart surgeon, and she wore all her medals from summer track. <laughs> it was like, it looked like a coat. That's how many how many medals she had. It looked like she was wearing a coat, a sleeveless coat. That's how many medals she had. So yes, the bridge, it's still there, and we've got to know how to meet each other in the middle. I guess that's maybe the best way to say it. So. Advise your friends and family on these helpful tips, okay? Sex, money, and family. Sex, money, and family. Actually, let me put that forth. Sex, money, expectations, and family, okay? Actually, I can just put expectations at the top. Let me just quit playing. Our expectations... For sex, for money, for family, for our own personal hobbies and our friends get so mixed up and convoluted. It's it's it just gets so tossed around. You know what I mean? If you're doing well in that, share that information with your friends. Like I if you're a business owner and you run a business and a great business and you're complaining because your wife can't cook. Maybe you should learn how to cook, too. And then as you do it well, you can, you know, plan and manage it with her. And like people, I hear you like I, I see you. You don't think I see you, but I see you. 
And we need to allocate these skills and abilities so much better. The bridge is not out. And all of you that are military, you know that there's no soldier left behind. And we just leave from from our black community. We just leave each other just laying out there. So then when they get caught up in some scam, caught up with crime, caught up with cheating and caught up with, you know, something that they should not be in. You look and be like, oh, man, that's really sad. That really disappoints me. Well, what did you do to ensure that they would have a better tomorrow? Did you talk to them? Did you speak to them? Hey, is everything all right? I Yeah, I know BS. You know, please, like we're adults. Bullshit. Like, you're lying. <laughs> so um, what's really going on? Like, nobody is out here wealthy. Wealth is given. It's not created. Wealth is given. Riches can be attained. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like being wealthy is, oh my God, it's like, you're just rolling in it. Now, if you can create that in one lifetime, go get it, go ahead. But you want to be rich. Nobody's just sitting around rich. I mean, you can be rich financially. You can be rich emotionally. You can be rich uh, uh, socially. You can be rich in your, there's many riches, but no soldier left behind. Don't leave your people behind. And the reason why I'm saying this is hopefully enough people will catch on. You realize it shouldn't just be one person checking on you. Wayne, you all right? Are you eating? Are you walking? Are you talking? Are you doing okay? It shouldn't just be one person building and mentoring like, I heard this uh, uh, one time that there was a uh, old practice where if anybody stole something in old Africa, if you stole something, if you lied, if you did something wrong, everybody would huddle around you and just tell you everything that they loved about you, everything that they liked about you, everything that was good about you, which is like one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. They're going to flush the negative out of you by overpowering you with what's great, overpowering you with what's good. This is our family. So when I talk about non-disclosure agreements, when I talk about uh, confidentiality agreements, like our business does not belong out in the street. If anything, it proves that we have so much work to do. We honestly shouldn't even be in anything. We should be at home trying to perfect one another. Put up some charts and graphs. You should be at home. Okay, okay, this is how school went today. Okay, whatever. How are we going to move from point A to point B in this? Because we're not good in this. We should be at home teaching this. Who can we get to come teach this that's qualified? Okay, the person that's not qualified is not coming. Let's just go learn on our own. And a lot of times, as you push toward that journey, people will show up. Last but not least, it's Wakanda forever. In the movie Black Panther, we got to see an example of what all great communities look like. Um, They stick with the confidentiality agreement tone in this movie. And when they need to venture out into the world, they do. They do communicate and work with people. It's just in that movie, they're a lot more isolated. So, I mean, are there examples of people doing this today? Of course there are. You go to a country club, what happens at that country club and that community stays in that community. Those people don't parade their drama around town 
or drive across the city to gossip about what's going on there. You're not going to see that in the news. Same as Asian culture. There's so much balance. There's peace. There's wisdom. Uh, there's obedience to the structure, and the structure doesn't allow for them to do, I, I want to say, not even 10% of the things uh, average Americans do. It's like they come over here from Asia and Japan, and all you just see them with is books and studying and working. Like if you do see them in some type of American fashion, it's because they've been, uh, you know, more Americanized. But with the stereotype, I'm not going to go with specifics. I'm just going to go with the stereotype and kind of loosely what I've seen. Not much drama. You know, and if you know comedian Joe Coy, he's one of my favorite comedians. Joe Coy is Filipino. And um, yeah, Jabberwockies, uh, 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 Manny Pacquiao, all of that. Joe Coy is like all of that. And um, yeah, Joe Coy does a great breakdown where he speaks on um, Asian culture and the and the different demographics of Asian culture. If you haven't listened to it, it's great. He had a, a stand up came out about two years ago that's invincible. Like it's it's amazing. Um, but he speaks on those stereotypes, and he I guess he said he told his parents that he was going to be a comedian, and they cried. Because I guess the joke is, you know, from the Filipino community, what he was saying is you have to be in something medical. You've got to be a doctor, a nurse, something in the medical field. If you're not, you have to marry a rich black man or a rich white man. That's the only other way, you know, you can get on. It has to be either medically based or from a strong business standpoint. Um, good. <laughs> but stereotypes in Mexican culture, so much hard work. Such a beautiful people. The community is so well established that they work within themselves several times over before anything is exported. The language barrier and cultural differences are still there. But movies like Coco and even the uh, Solis family in uh, shows like Desperate Housewives, they try to introduce you to who your new neighbors are in a good way. So uh, also Sudanese, the Sudanese and Somalian communities. I mean, these are Africans like they call us African-Americans. These are Africans. They come over as doctors. They're wearing the traditional garb and their flip flops and their sandals. It's like they just go eat, bring food home. And that's it. It's like they're just doctors and they just come home. Rarely will you see them doing American things or hanging out with people uh, in, in like a broad sense, like like we think of hanging out as white and black Americans. They're great in the NBA, though. <laughs> so in conclusion, understand reality, but don't let that keep you from shining through as an Olympian, a champion, a CEO, an elite level uh, status of your job, of your employer as an executive. We've got to meet each other in the middle. And I'm just I'm to the point where I'm just sick of this trash. Like we're not on a level yet. We're not OK to where we can be tabloid, to where we can be in the news, to where we can have people talking about our stuff. It should be so hush. The world has had our talents and, and abilities for years. When have we not entertained? When have we not danced? When have we not sang? We've been rapping since, what, 79, 80? Since the rapper's delight? We've been rapping. We've been expressing ourselves all this time. We should be cleaning ourselves now. 
healing ourselves now and understanding that the world isn't going to give us anything. There's people that have gone through much worse than what black people are going through. They don't even have an option. They're just stuck. Now, the, the hard part about it is the, the, the pettiness and the bitterness of it in our reality. So everybody's reality is different. Yes. But like what we're going through, it's the worst of what we're going through in our country. And then you have like the Native Americans, which is a completely different ball game. But um, let's clean it up. Let's clean it up. Um, shut it down. Let's stop world star hip hop. I don't want to see anybody downgraded or disrespected or knocked out or like, I don't want to see any more black fights. I don't want to see any more black women disrespected. You know, like these black women are wearing these wigs to protect their hair. All of this chemical damage from all the stuff that we've been doing to fit in has damaged our scalp, has damaged our hair. When these women are wearing wigs and trying to conserve their hair and fit into the business world and the economy, we shouldn't make fun of them for wearing wigs. Same thing with our men. We need to completely stop, cut, and remove this thought and this idea that you have to be a basketball player, that you have to be in the NBA or the NFL to be valued as a man. What about business? We've been grinding so hard as drug dealers. You know business. You know math. You're not going to have anything without the math. So we need to take that into that mindset as we keep seeing in movies and shows we need to take that mindset internally and start building. We don't need a special school. We don't need anything uh, 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 announced. We just got to get it done. All right, you all. Peace and love. I love you all. Hope you love me back. Hope you enjoyed this Black to the Future. And uh, yeah, please love, like, and share all these messages. And I'll see you soon.